Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Kathy Ma. I'm Sean Fitzgerald. And I'm Tony Uphoff. Hey, super excited to have Will Choose, the CEO and co-founder of Vector, a contactless pickup and delivery solution for enterprise shippers, carriers, third-party logistics, and, and retailers on the Thomas Industry Update podcast today. In, in a little bit of background, some of Vector's key partners include companies like UPS, Honeywell, Sunoco, Purdue, and Clorox. And their software is, is playing a key role in helping companies streamline their operations while also enabling contactless pickups and deliveries through COVID-19. So talk about timely. And I know, Will, you and, and myself and many others share a, a belief in the importance of, of increasingly creating a paperless supply chain and the work your company is doing to move an industry-wide digital standardized format in, in, uh, or standardization in that uh, vein forward. First up, Will, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Tony. Excited to be here. Give our listeners a little bit of, of a background, maybe behind the scenes in Vector. How did you all come up with this? You're a co-founder of the company. What problem were you all trying to solve? And then give us a little sense of, of what the underlying technology solution really enables. Well, we started the company six years ago, and we started it because one of my good family friends runs a trucking company, and uh, his father was passing him the family business, and you know he saw an opportunity to to bring tech in to his operation yeah. in a big way. And, you know, he reached out to me. My background is, is technology. And uh, we started uh, just pulling on some threads and, and figuring out where there was some opportunity for, for better efficiency. And one of the big areas was really him invoicing his customers. He moves freight for a, a number of large logistics companies. And it took a while for his drivers to get paperwork back to his office. And it, you know, had huge implications on, on getting paid. He wasn't able to invoice his, his customers until they were able to get this piece of paper called a, a bill of lading or otherwise yeah. known as a proof of delivery back. And so we saw an opportunity to, to create a mobile app that allowed drivers to, to scan paperwork and, and digitize it so that they didn't have to worry about paper. And fast forward to today with, you know, the pandemic, a number of the larger shippers, folks like Coca-Cola, some of those other names you mentioned, um, saw an opportunity to just get rid of paper entirely, to share the paperwork. It's really not paperwork anymore, but the digital representation of that document to the driver so that they can electronically sign on their phone. And Will, had you had any exposure to shipping or trucking or logistics beforehand? You had come out of a technology background, obviously. Did you know much about the marketplace before you started to work on, on solving the problem? Yeah. Well, really through my friend who was running that, that business, yeah. I got a really great inside look. I spent about a year with him in his office just seeing how a trucking company ran. And then I um, enlisted two of my co-founders, both with logistics background. So Darren, his, uh, his parents ran a huge warehousing business on the East Coast. And he grew up in and out of uh, out of trucks and warehouses, so he knows that world, yeah. world very well. And then Brian ran a logistics business in South America for a number of years. So I ask because, Will, oftentimes when you talk to people that are coming from a technology background and they're starting to tackle some of the challenges or jobs to be done in and around shipping and logistics and supply chain, they are sometimes surprised 
how unautomated components of it are. And, and so it didn't sound to you like that was probably surprising. You were able to just zero in on solving a, a significant problem. Yeah. You know, I think some people would scoff or look at how uh, things currently are and think of it as being backwards, but that's not necessarily the case. The reason why things, the, things are the way they are is because there are some really difficult challenges with changing a process. And so you have to respect that. And the reason why things are not as automated as they could be in trucking is because the industry is, is very fragmented, right? And that's actually something that's really beautiful about the industry is that you, as a truck driver, can go and start your own trucking company. And the largest of trucking companies today have grown through that organic growth of, you know, first I'm going to be an owner operator, then I'm going to buy another truck and hire my buddy. And it just grows through that. And so there is something beautiful about that kind of can-do spirit. And that's the reason why a lot of things are just transacted and communicated verbally or on paper, because everyone can understand that, right? That's the lowest common denominator. Well, and I think, Will, to your point, I think, you know, as, as we've seen time and time again in the manufacturing and industrial marketplaces, the first stage is oftentimes taking a process and automating it. And then over time, what ends up happening is we can actually reimagine that process and it opens up capabilities that we didn't think of before. So it goes beyond simple automation. And I'm, uh, I'm imagining that as you get deeper and deeper into the marketplace, you're probably already starting to see that or will start to see that idea that people are going to start to leverage your technology to do things that they weren't simply weren't capable of doing before. Absolutely. You know, when we think about the system of record for freight and logistics it is a piece of paper and so if you're able to digitize that system of record one that's an opportunity in itself but it opens up this whole ecosystem uh, and allows different services and products to be built on top of that and so right now the the data is the hardest piece of that because everyone's you know writing things like exceptions if things were short or under delivered on that physical piece of paper and so right. digitizing that it has a, a lot of valuable benefits or uh, as our product manager likes to describe it, a lot of accelerating positives with that digitization. Yeah. Hey, hey, we'll talk a little bit about how the implementation of some of these new technologies like your software is improving safety in industrial supply chains. And, you know, I, I know you can probably speak best to this from mobile capture and paperless technology, but we're starting to see actually a lot of acceleration in those areas specifically. Yeah. Uh, you know, with regards to safety, the pandemic really spurred everything on with companies, warehouses, wanting to keep drivers inside the cab of their truck to pick up and deliver freight. You know, some of these facilities and warehouses, they get hundreds of drivers in and out of the facility each day. And, you know, it's a risk for not only their employees, but to the truck driver as well. And so being able to send paperwork to a driver on their mobile tablet, allowing them to document different yeah. parts of the pickup or delivery process. That was critical for just a social distancing perspective. But as companies learned, there was a lot of efficiency gains from just keeping drivers in their cab. You know, they weren't wasting time by waiting in line or getting in and out of their truck back and forth between the shipping office and, and their cab. And so, especially for what we call drop and hook operations or trailer pull operations, drivers were coming in and out of the facility much faster. The, the analogy I like to use is, you know, 10 years ago, when we used to go to the airport, we used to have to snake around that line to get that kind of flimsy boarding pass. 
you know, and five years after that, Southwest, I think, set up the kiosk where you slide your credit card in and then it'd print the boarding pass. And then five years after that, which is really today, everyone's checking on their mobile device, right? No one's waiting in line. No one's waiting for a kiosk. You're doing it on your own phone. You're not touching other things. And it's allowing you to get through TSA and really onto the plane as well. Yeah, that's a great metaphor to use, too, because I think everybody can relate to that. Talk a little bit more. What are you hearing from Vector clients about the impact the pandemic has had on their logistics and their operations? Uh, you know, obviously, to suggest this has been a disruption would be an understatement, but I, I would imagine some of your clients are dealing with it in a variety of ways. Yeah, there's different sectors of, of freight, obviously. And, you know, on the consumer side, CPG side, it's been explosive, right? People are consuming as much, if not more, and they're expecting yeah. that two-day delivery experience. So the demand on the supply chain has just been explosive in the last year. So it's, uh, it's something where they've not only had to ramp up production, but do it in a way where they're not having a physical close interaction with their closest partners, their trucking companies. And so yeah. they've had to balance both. And um, you know, a lot of people talk about peak season and it's really between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. But the way they've talked about the last year has been just a constant peak. And if anything, during the traditional peak season, it's been like a super peak. And so it's, it's been explosive in the last year. Yeah, Will, to your point, you know, we, we jumped from 15% of retail to 30% of retail in e-commerce in nine months. So if you think about what used to be the Super Bowl season, if you will, for, for these types of things became something that just accelerated. You mentioned data earlier, Will, and I think sometimes people don't think of applying data in these areas and how data is going to facilitate an awful lot of this, uh, this going forward. Talk a little bit about for the, the leaders listening to this who are just beginning perhaps to collect data and make data-driven decisions. What are some things they should be keeping in mind? when they start out? Because obviously, if, if we don't fuel this with good data, we can't make good decisions. Yeah, when you think about supply chain, everyone's being measured on, on different metrics, you know, whether it be dwell time or in full or something they call ODIF, on time in full. This data exists in disparate systems. So being able to pull that together and get additional or earlier visibility on what's actually happening with your supply chain has a real impact on your bottom line. Being able to adjust more quickly to your operations is, is, is critical. So making sure that you're delivering your, you know, 100% of your orders, making sure that your transportation companies are, are showing up on time and delivering on time. All that data today is, is in, you know, what they call transportation management systems, in warehouse management systems, and in paper. So being able to marry that up into one common platform is, is critical right now. I think we could all anticipate there's going to be a, a ton of innovation in the area that you're talking about. Interoperable data, getting it into a common system, getting, you know, dashboards made, visualizations and things like that. What do you anticipate in terms of innovations about data utilization? And what do you predict will start to happen in those areas? Because I think this is a big area that a lot of our, our listeners and viewers are really wrestling with right now is disparate data and disparate systems. Yeah, ultimately, you want to drive accountability and growth through data. So you're measuring your partners. You know, logistics is a team effort and knowing how the different partners operate or what their 
KPIs are is really important for the end user, uh, the end end producer or the the receiver. Yeah. And having a a place where it's transparent across all those parties is is really important. Right now, the reporting is somewhat disconnected. Uh, you know, I'll say yeah. that you showed up for you know ninety percent of your deliveries on time, and that person's like, no, I've showed up for ninety eight percent of my deliveries on time, right? Yeah. And so not having that yeah. singular uh, view has you know led to uh, frustration and just a, a lack of trust. So making sure that everyone's speaking the same language and seeing the same thing is is critical. Yeah, it's good advice. I think the other thing we're starting to see, Will, is the shift from trailing indicator data to real-time data. And and this is more really about managing supply chain risk, but being able to spot a problem before it becomes a, a sizable problem. You know, if there's a if there's a disruption, if there's a, you know a problem with a piece or something's late or you know those types of things, and we're hearing from a lot of our audience that that's really where they're trying to get is into this idea of kind of real-time flow of data so they can anticipate, you know, a, a problem and perhaps circumvent a problem before it really becomes a, a major issue. Totally. Yeah. Hey, let's talk a little bit about supply chain visibility and related paths. So you mentioned before CPG, consumer packaged goods, and giant companies like Amazon and Shopify are dominating the consumer product sector these days. Are you starting to see a focus on transparency and visibility throughout the supply chain translate into more B2B and, and industrial spaces and manufacturing spaces? I, I would sense by your earlier comments that's the case, but is that driven more by your customers? Are, are they starting to, I guess I'd use the term demand, that level of transparency? Yeah, absolutely. You know, something as simple as a photograph. You know, when I get an Amazon package delivered today, right, they're taking a photograph of the package just dropped on my doorstep, right? The B2B enterprise companies want that same level of transparency. You know, instead of like a $20 box of crayons or whatever, right? You're talking about freight that's worth thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And so being able to see how the freight was loaded pre-delivery, like on pickup and how it was delivered, that information is, is great and uh, massive. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Thomas Industry Update podcast. To hear the rest of my conversation with Will Chu, check out the extended video cut now available on YouTube and linked in the show notes of today's podcast.